are so glad that you are with us today, whether you are in the house or joining us online. Hey, and just wanted to say again, thank you for being so generous. How many of you love being around generous people? Man, I, I love it. I love being around y'all because y'all are so generous, all of the amazing things that you've allowed us to do. So thank you for giving already in the Heart for the House offering and thank you for continuing to pray about it. Hey, I'm gonna invite you to stand up if you would. We're gonna make some declarations over our life and you might be a guest here with us today and one of the things that we wanna let you know is that we believe the tongue has the power of life and death. And so one of the things that we train ourselves and practice on is learning how to speak words of life. In fact, here's something that I wanna encourage you. Um, show of hands, how many of you have some crazy family members? Okay, all right, now don't put your hands up this because some of you might be around them this holiday. In fact, you're already thinking about it, being with them, and you're already kind of starting to dread it. So what I want to encourage you to do is plan on speaking words of life. Just make a decision right now. I'm going to speak words of life. I'm not going to argue about politics. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue about politics. Let's give you another shot at that. We're, we're, we're not going to argue about religion. We're not going to argue about a bunch of different things. I'm just going to be the love and hope of Jesus Christ. So that means everything that comes out of my mouth is going to be filled with love and it's going to be filled with hope and it's going to be filled with life. All right? Pastor Richie, I don't know if I can do that. I promise you, you can do it if you'll make a choice to do it. So don't fall for the schemes of the enemy and end up being a one, another one of those crazy Christmases, all right? So I want to encourage you to speak words of life. So to practice, we're going to make some declarations over our life. We like to speak these over our life all the time. It just reminds us who our God is, who we are in Christ, and the power of his word when it's operating in our lives, all right? So this, they'll be up here on the screen, and so let's say these together. Y'all ready? God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Let me pray over you today. Father, I just thank you for each person that is joining us today, whether they're in the house or online today. Lord, as we gather in this season, Lord, to be reminded once again that you came to be a savior. Lord, I, I pray that, that we would all get a fresh revelation, a fresh reality, God, of what that actually means. God, that, that you came to be a savior today. So Lord, whether we're here today and we don't know you as Lord and Savior and that we could receive you as Lord and Savior, or God, even if we already have received you as Savior, God, I pray that we would invite you into moments in our life to allow you to save us in situations of sickness and lack. And God, I pray today that, that you would move in each and every one of our hearts, God, and touch us in a fresh way, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, this Christmas season, at the risk of stating the obvious, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, our Savior, that he came as God to be among us. Now, the important thing to understand about that is that in 1 John 4, it says that God is love. In fact, if you want to really get a, an amazing revelation of how loving God is, read 1 John chapter 4. It talks about that he is love, he does love, and all the different aspects of love, that his love has been perfected in us. It's an amazing chapter to read, but, but God is love. It's not just what he does. He actually is the essence of love. So in Christmas when we celebrate, we're celebrating when love was actually born. And it's amazing that the, it's a powerful way to really describe the birth of Jesus when love was born. 
In fact, the verse that we've been looking at through, at through this series of Rejoice, John 3, 16, a, a verse that many of us are very familiar with, says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, how many of you here today are a whosoever? We're all a whosoever. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. God so loved the world. You can actually stick your name in there. God so loved you that he gave you his only begotten son. That's how crazy he is about you. That's the true message of Christmas, that God so loved us that he gave us his son, his only son, Jesus Christ, simply because he loved us. And every time you think of Christmas, I pray that it'll be a reminder that it's a sign from heaven that God loves you. That in the moments when you don't feel loved, that you'll remind yourself because of Christmas that you actually are loved today. What that means is that every pain that you feel in your heart, and I know with a, a group of people that are here today, there are many of you that are dealing with a lot of pain and anxiety, that every pain that you feel in your heart, every disappointment that you have gone through, that you're going through, that every tear that falls from your face, God actually knows what's going on. He knows what you're going through today, and, and he loves you today, and he cares about what you're going through today. You know why? That's why he sent Jesus He sent Jesus to bring life to our life. Not just that we're alive and breathing, but life would stand up on the inside of us. In fact, Jesus said this in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He came that you and I might have an abundant life. Pastor Christian was talking about it earlier. It's not just about heaven. I'm thankful for heaven, but God wants you and I to operate in an abundant life here and now that we're not just surviving life, that we're actually thriving in life. And Jesus said this right after he contrasted what the devil has actually come to do because he said this previous to that, the thief talking about the devil does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That means everything in your life that has been stolen from you, your health, your relationships, your, your peace of mind, things that have been stolen from you, everything in your life that has been destructive, Everything that has broken your heart today does not come from God. Now, some of you need to hear that today because it comes from the devil, who again is a thief. He has come to steal, he has come to kill, and he has come destroy. But again, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ really is called the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's the abundant life that God wants you to walk in. But I don't know about you, but if you and I look around and notice the world we live in, it is a fallen world. There's a lot of ugly and damaging things that are out there. But I want you to know today that God did not create it that way. That was not his plan. He never meant for our world to have destructive natural disasters. Like the tornado that just ripped through the center of our country, killing bunches of people. I I don't even know if I've ever heard the total, like hundreds of people. It wasn't his plan. It wasn't his plan. These are not, by the way, acts of God. That's what a lot of people call them. These are not the way that God acts. That's not how God acts. He didn't cause or create all the violence and the anger and the hatred that we're seeing in our society today. Are you beginning to understand how important it is for us to get a revelation of his love so that his love fills our heart and lives so that we can actually show love? Because if you're, we're real honest, it's pretty hard to be loving towards people that are angry at us. 
It's really hard to be loving towards people that are hateful towards us. But when we get a revelation of what God actually came to do, it begins to change us. That wasn't God's plan. Listen, all of these things came about because the first man, Adam, fell. He, he, he sinned, the word of God says. You see, God created him in paradise, a, a place that was free from all of the natural disasters that we deal with in our weather. He, it was a place that was free from all the human destruction. God placed him in what we call the Garden of Eden. And Adam, along with his wife Eve, lived in perfect happiness. And God said to them, everything on the earth is yours. You can freely eat from everything except the tree that is in the middle of this called the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to eat from that because I want you to recognize that I am the giver of all good things. So don't eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And most of us know the story of what happened. They, they didn't listen to God and the devil came in and as he always does, he came in to steal, to kill and to destroy. And he tempted man and man fell. Sin entered into the world and sin spread to all mankind. We were born into sin because of Adam's sin. And even though God loves man, he hates sin. Even though he loves each and every one of us, he hates the sin in our lives. And sometimes we're kind of confused by that. If God's love, then why does he hate the sin? Because even though God loves you, he hates the sin in you because it's destructive. It brings death into your life. It brings division into your life. It brings all kinds of horrible things into your life. The best way I can illustrate it is like this. If someone you know and love very much has cancer, you love the person, but you hate the cancer inside of them because that cancer steals, kills, and destroys. In fact, the level that you love the person is at the level that you will actually hate the cancer because it's destroying the one that you love. And see, that's why God hates sin, because it is destroying the ones that he loves. So he loves you, but he hates sin's destructive nature inside of you. So what's the solution? God's solution was Christmas. It was. God sent his only son, Jesus, to be born in a manger for the sole purpose of saving mankind. See, Jesus came that you and I might have an abundant life. He came to redeem us. That means literally to purchase us from sin, the sin that steals our life, that kills in, kills in our life, and that brings destruction actually into our life. So he was born to die. And so on the cross, he provided a way for you and I to become free from the penalty of sin. Jesus literally became liable or accountable for our sin. There was a great exchange that took place at the cross where the sins of mankind were placed upon the body of Jesus Christ. And whosoever, again, who's a whosoever? Every one of us here today believes in him, should not perish, but will have everlasting life. Paul, in trying to help the Corinthians understand this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, wrote it this way. Talking about the Father, he said, For he made him who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So because of the cross, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, 
By the way, today when you, you do that, you may feel something. You may have an emotional response of feeling the heaviness of all the sin leaving your life. Or you may not. It doesn't matter. It's by faith. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, since he died for your sin, every sin that you've committed, past sin, present sins, even your future sins were nailed to the cross. You are completely forgiven. And so because of that, a great exchange took place where Jesus took your sin and gave you his blessing and favor. The blessing and favor that Jesus deserved is now on our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Are you beginning to see why it's so important for us to understand that he's a savior? Because listen, when we receive a blessing, we recognize, many of us do, that we don't deserve the blessing that we see receive. In fact, God's blessing comes into our life not because we're good, but because he's good. And because he's good, his goodness starts showing up in our lives. Listen, if the goodness of God isn't showing up in your life, you need to go back and remind yourself that he's your savior today, that he is providing everything for you. So it's against, amen? amen. Are you all doing good today? Yeah, yeah. So it's against that backdrop, why Jesus came, why Christmas, that we really begin to see in Luke chapter two, the Christmas story begin to unfold. And here's what it says in Luke chapter two, verse 10. It says, then the angel said to them, talking to the shepherds, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The angels told them not to be afraid because the Bible says that they were greatly afraid. They were great. Now, how many of you know a bunch of angels show up while you're out in the middle of a field that you would be greatly afraid, right? So the angel said, don't be afraid because I bring you good news. Again, the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. If you ever hear it as bad news, it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news, the good news of great joy. In other words, because of what Jesus Christ has come, because of what Jesus Christ has done, it's time for the church to rejoice. Let me say that again. It's time for the church to rejoice, to get excited about what God has actually done. Because listen, you may be here today and you may be facing some great fears in your life because you are greatly afraid because of all of the crazy things that are going on in our world. You might be greatly afraid because of all of the crazy things that are going on in your life. You might be greatly afraid today. But if you'll receive the good news of Jesus Christ, you can leave today rejoicing because Jesus is watching over you. Jesus is with you today. So the angel said, don't be afraid. And going on in verse 11, it says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a, say it with me, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice that the angels proclaim that Jesus was a savior. He's not a judge. He's not a lawgiver. He's not a rule keeper. He came, Jesus came to be a savior. So what does a savior do? He saves. It's quite obvious. And listen, it's not just what Jesus does. It's actually who he is. But as a savior, he saves. And listen, that doesn't just mean that he saved you from hell to heaven. And that's all that being a savior means, though that is awesome. Saving us means he saves us. He heals us. He delivers us. He protects us. He prospers us. He makes us whole in every area and arena of our life. And listen, you may be here today or you may be watching online and you've never made a decision to receive Jesus as your savior. At the end of the service, I'm gonna give an opportunity to do that. 
But you may be here and you've received him as your savior, but are you continually receiving him as your savior? So the moment you get a symptom in your body of sickness, what's the first thing that you do? Do you run to the word of God to see what the word of God says about what's going on in your body? Or do you get online to see what the medical doctors say about what's going on in your body? Listen, you can look at the problem all day long, but listen, Jesus came to be a savior. And there is so much more we realize that Jesus being a savior and what you and I needed and need is a savior. We needed it to give our lives to Christ to get right in the first place, but we continually need the savior showing up in our lives. We don't need a lawgiver. Anybody in your family is, is the lawgiver? They're the rule follower and they're always making sure that everything happens according. Yeah, I've got two of them in my family. We don't need that. Listen, we, we don't need extended family, real far extended family. <laughs> Quick save. Listen, most of us are fully aware that we could not be good enough to measure up to all that God wants to give us. In fact, I, I see, talk to so many Christians that they got beat down by church. They got beat down by church and they felt like, I can't do it. I, I can't live for God. I can't, I've, I've tried. I've tried to measure up and be perfect. Listen, God does not expect you to be perfect. Let me say it again. God does not expect you to be perfect. He expects you just to keep turning back to him. Lord, I missed the mark again, but God, I'm coming back to you because you're my savior. Listen, Jesus would not pass a drowning man and throw a book to him. Hey, swimming for dummies. All right? He would not do that. He would jump into the water and save them. Because he came to be a savior. You may be here today and you go, Pastor Richie, I'm not savable. I promise you're savable. I don't care how far you've gone, where you've missed the mark, and what you've done in your life. You are savable. You only have to be willing to receive him by faith as your savior. God, I'm not good enough. I can't qualify, but I, re I receive you as my savior. And you believe in him and you simply receive him into your heart and life. The Bible says you become a brand new creation. Your spirit man gets born again. Now our soul is going to be saved one time at some point and there's a process we're going through of things that we have to work out with God, but you immediately become saved. But here's something that's really important. Again, whether this is you don't know Christ yet or you already know Christ, but you're not receiving him as your savior, he will not force you to receive all that God has provided for you. He, he will not force you to be blessed. He will not. He will not force you to receive his love, though he wants you to. He will still love you even though you don't receive his love, even though you don't receive his blessing, but he will not force you. Listen, if he was going to choose to force man to, and manipulate man's choices, he would have stopped Adam in the Garden of Eden from eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the reason why God didn't do that is because God created man with a free will in order to choose him. You and I have to choose him. Listen, God didn't want just to create a bunch of robots that had to love him, that had to obey him. He wanted man to choose to love him. He wanted man to choose for him to be their savior. And every day and every moment, we choose to put Jesus in the center of our life to be our savior. Listen, and we can leave here today without Jesus being the savior of our life, never giving our life to Christ. We can even leave here today having given our life to Christ, but not letting Jesus into certain areas of our life. And Jesus won't stop you. He won't force you to be blessed in that area. He won't force you to, to overcome in an area where you're truly trying to overcome because God has given you a free will today. So you have to choose to be saved. 
It's as simple as receiving the gift. You have to choose Jesus as your Savior. I want you to know that he came for you and he died for you today. He died for every one of us today. See, Jesus has already done everything for you, but you have to say yes to what he's done in order to be able to receive everything that he's actually done. Because there's an amazing inheritance that we have as followers of Jesus Christ that God wants us to walk in. But you have to receive him in order to receive what he's already done. And Christmas is God's greatest expression of love for us. That Jesus came to be a savior. He came for all who would believe and receive in him. And listen, it really is that simple. It really is. It is simply an act of faith. Not always easy to believe in God. It's not always easy to put our trust in God, especially once we even become followers of Christ and life is damaging us or coming at us and we begin to wonder, God, are you here? It's not always easy, but it really is that simple. So the question today as I close, I'm gonna invite the keyboard players to come up, is have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you received him? I don't mean today, do you intellectually know about Jesus that you've heard about him and so you kind of understand some things. I'm not asking you today, are you a good person? Nor am I asking you, do you go to church occasionally? I'm not asking you those things. I'm asking you today, have you received Jesus as your savior? Because today this is an invitation for you to open up your heart and life to Jesus to be your savior and receive him today. Listen, I wanna say it one more time. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life in just a moment I'm going to pray for people to either give their life to Christ for the very first time or for people to rededicate their life to Christ but I want to say one more time to people that are already followers of Jesus Christ is Jesus your savior when you think about your job maybe some challenges that you're facing are you letting Jesus be your savior When you think about an illness or sickness in your body, something that you're dealing with, is Jesus your savior? If you're thinking about a financial setback and you're going, God, you know, I'm I'm following you. I'm I'm, I'm giving the tithe. I'm giving, I'm serving. I'm doing doing what I know to do. Are you receiving him as savior? Because listen, it's not just about making heaven, though I'm glad that he's provided heaven for us. But Jesus came that you and I might have abundant life here and now. That we don't survive in life, we are thriving in life. That the world becomes envious of what God has done, is doing, and will do in our hearts and lives.